Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. An Erio's original. Welcome to Foxy Browns. I'm Priyanka. I'm Camilla. And this is a podcast that navigates beauty and wellness from our perspectives as women of color. This week, unlike every week, (laughs) unlike every year, um, we're talking about treating yourselves, your friends, your family over this unusual, I will not say unprecedented holiday season. (laughs) Thank God. Uh, And yes, if there's one thing we do take seriously, it's taking care of ourselves. And whilst it has been especially difficult this year, um, there are some things that have brought us joy. So, you know, hopefully maybe they'll bring you a little bit of joy as well. I was thinking, Cam, I know we want to get into like things people can buy and do to make themselves feel better, which is really all we have. I think let's talk about what the year has been like for us. Yeah. 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 Um, Do you want to start? So um, obviously you've not heard from us for a while. We actually ended our first season um, just before the pandemic, which we did not see coming. Um, And um, everything collapsed. So, you know, (laughs) I'm sure like everyone else, it's been, you know, yeah, it's been ridiculously disruptive. It's been a horrifically heartbreaking time. It's been so deeply stressful. I feel like I've been kind of pushed to the limits of what I thought that my, you know, uh, you know, my limits of misery and sadness could be. Um, And also homesickness and being so far away from family and friends. And it's... um, yeah, I I cannot I cannot stress enough just how incredibly proud I am of anyone who has made it this far through this year. Yeah. Because it is absolutely buck wild. And for the most part, most of us have also kind of been left like high and dry by the institutions that are supposed to actually take care of things, especially in the United States. And um it's been so heartening watching everyone at least try and take care of each other in t- in terms of communities and propping up small businesses and essentially paying taxes twice, both paying your taxes and then also all of the GoFundMes that we've all been, you know, funneling, you know, our money into to kind of help the people around us. And I personally, I don't have children. And so not having to do things like homeschooling or just having to, you know, look after another life is, you know, I don't know how, I mean, every time I speak to you, Pri, I'm just like marveled, <laughs> absolutely marveled at how you've been managing it. And just like, and I just feel so bad for all the kids. I just feel so bad for all of the kids. The kids are really bearing the brunt. This is a really hard year for them. You know, we sh- listen, we're in very fortunate positions in, and I, I know every day that my basic needs are met. I have a home. I have groceries. I have, thankfully, you know, our nanny is back so I can work. Um, we have a learning pod for Dylan. So everyone is getting, you know, 10% of their needs met. So I feel very lucky, but it's, oh my God, it's so dull. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so bored. I cannot believe I have three jobs. I have two children. 
I cannot take it anymore. The monotony is insane. (laughs) I need some inspiration. I need something different to happen that isn't a calamity. I don't mean like my kid fracturing his ankle the first day playgrounds are open. I don't mean I don't mean the mice that we had last month. I don't mean any every week brings a new indignity. It's like being pregnant forever. Oh my God. Like when I was pregnant, one week it was my skin, and the next week it was my ankles, and the next week it was my thyroid, and the next week it was my hair falling out. That it's like an endless, endless problem pregnancy. Oh my God. I can't believe you also had mice. My God. Mice. It was awful. Like a mouse party. I mean, at least, you know, that's some new characters in the, you know, for the cast of the home. More material for the You know, just living a Ratatouille life. Oh my gosh. I will say that after my son broke his ankle, I asked him if it was better or worse than the mice. And he said the mice were worse. (laughs) (laughs) He said because they were scary. He didn't, he saw, he didn't even see, nobody saw a mouse. We just knew, you know, we tried, whatever it is, it was taken care of immediately, of course, because I lost my mind. (laughs) Obviously. But he was like, I would fully rather have a cast than have a yeah. mouse. He, he sent me a picture of him in his cast at the hospital <laughs> eating a sandwich. <laughs> and never have I seen someone so chilled out about an injury. And it was obviously very like he was fine. Pre was yeah. having a meltdown, just nervous <laughs> breakdown. Dylan's like, just eating the sandwich, which is bigger than his face. Well, he, <laughs> he, like me, is... Um, he like me is the and maybe you and a lot of people who are very type a and organized is the king of anticipatory fear you know so on the way there he's like the x-ray is gonna pinch me they're gonna cut me open you know and once we got there and he got the x-ray the cast notes when he got a turkey sandwich it was great but (laughs) but until then he was like I was like, tell me the terrible things that are going to happen. I just, he, I just have them, him list them on the way there. It was a nice exercise. I was like, I that's need to do that good. myself. Yeah. God, no. Yeah. It was really, really good. So that's, you know, our year. We're hoping it ends. I don't know. What does soon mean? Is soon three months? Because every day feels like a year. Exactly. I think there's like, for me, there's this feeling of like, oh, let's leave 2020 behind. It's like, no, this doesn't end at 2020. No. This ends no. at like Q2 of 2021 at the very yeah. earliest. Absolutely. It's bonkers. And I'm just like, I'm trying to think of like, there have been some tremendous bright spots of this year. And it has been, I mean, for one, I mean, it's been an exercise in, um, you know, really taking care of the people closest to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I also, I mean, I'm very lucky in that, you know, it's in many ways made my marriage a lot stronger. I mean, it's yeah. also just a way to test your first year of marriage. My <laughs> yes. It's so funny because you didn't have the stress of moving in together, which I did. I didn't, but you just, you had a, wow. Wow. Well, the other thing was that we also, you know, another bright spot is that we legally got married this year in the middle of the pandemic yes. um, because, uh, because of like immigration and paperwork and that sort of thing. When we got, when we had our big wedding last year, um, we didn't actually do the legal marriage. So this year we did it on the same day and we did it on the front steps of our house. Um, our friend Jamie Aww. got ordained on the internet and um, uh, and it was wonderful. And it was just like, it was us and it was like eight friends in our front garden. And um, yes, yeah, so, and so it's, 
you know, it's, it is odd that, you know, also looking back at 2020 that, you know, in a few years that will be that the landmark date was like, oh, yes, that was actually the year you got married. Um, <laughs> so yeah. there's that. Um, and then, you know, I do feel that like, you know, a lot of my friendships have deepened as well, because I've also had to make a very, you know, yeah. you have to make a concerted effort to actually reach out to people and jump on the phone and jump on FaceTime and not just rely on, you know, a friendship of exchanging memes. Um, although the memes have been keeping me going. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> the internet has been a boon this year, truly. Like every time I usually do my thing where I I back off Twitter for a few weeks. It didn't work this year because it it was so lonely. It was so lonely not to be online. Yes. And it wasn't just like, I think we also have quite a nice little community of, um, you know, friends online. And, um, And it did just feel like in absence of having a workplace and, you know, an office being able to, you know, just process a lot of the ridiculousness and the grief and the madness of this year with you know excellent banter (laughs) really helpful um and and another thing has also been great for this year you know controversially is um culling a lot of like you know tier five friends yeah (laughs) I agree it's one of those life phases like getting married like becoming unsingle like getting married like having kids where you go oh this is not a two-way friendship yeah and um and that's been delightful actually just realizing that you know my circle is actually smaller than I thought it was and um but it also makes all of those people that are within it just burn a lot brighter and um and so that's been very nice um and and then, you know, another thing, I don't know if this is something that you've experienced with your husband as well. It's just like the um, uh, like male friendships have, uh, you know, really finally stepped up their game this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about that one. Well, hmm. it, it was definitely interesting to me that, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, a lot of my husband's like male friends were, you know, experiencing the same, you know, you know you know heartache and you know grief as the rest of us Mm -hmm. and you know usually there is they don't talk about a lot of that stuff no they'll spend hours together and talk about you know bullshit um and um then this year kind of occurred and I I think that you know it kind of pulled them all back to a place they realized like oh we actually have to talk about how we're feeling in in inside (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) reaching out yeah reaching out for help (laughs) Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, the Washington Post wrote a very, um, uh, published a really great piece about the shift in male friendship. Um, and, um, and yeah, and, I, and the more and more people I've spoken to, I think that um, they've had similar experiences with that, that, you know, there has been, it's, you know, friendships which have been able to rely on just like banter about like sports and, you right. know, have actually really had to start pulling the work of um, what, I mean, for the me, or, you know, at least for us, the majority of our female friendships do, uh, which is actually forming real support networks. Yeah, that's a really good point. I only just realized, I mean, recently, first, you know, I think that there is a type of, okay, I'm going to paint with a broad brush here and I'm going to get yelled at. There is a type of woman who has, grows up with mostly male friends and she gets a lot of crap for it. And and, um, I did that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did that and it was because men have no standards (laughs) it's because I was a rude person I didn't have any manners I didn't ask people how they were doing I didn't know how to have empathetic conversations and men were fine with that 
um, they don't expect very much. I could be very mean to them and they would just keep coming back. (laughs) So when I started making really good female friends as an older person in my probably like mid late twenties, and I realized how enriching it was to have a deeper, more demanding friendship. Cause I was like, ah, girls are always mad at each other. I don't know how to navigate this. I was terrified. Um, and once I realized how enriching that was, I sought it out. Um, and so that's been like a learning process for the last 15 years, but it's interesting to see, see my husband Rodney is like a, you know, he loves, he loves to talk about his feelings. Just loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Mm. I described, I described as our relationship as like, he's a dentist and I'm just like a mouthful of wisdom teeth. <laughs> and he's just standing over me like with a grin on his face. Like, let's talk about this. Let's get and I'm in like, here. More than anything, I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And he goes, that's not an option. Like, you are trapped. <laughs> so we have to. And then I'm like, Ugh. and then three days later, I'm like, I feel so much better. You know, like that's. What is this weight <laughs> lifted from Yeah, my that's the cycle. <laughs> the cycle of our marriage is he pushes me to feel and pushes me to talk about it. And I hate it. And then I love it. Oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> oh, it's so hard. It's so hard, you guys. It's so, so hard. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. So, you know, okay, what have we been watching this year since we've been board in the house in the house board I realized the other day that I have not I have seen two television shows in two years that's amazing. which what were they you will be proud of me for my selection um this year I watched I May Destroy You I mean incredible seminal. best show I mean the best I mean- <laughs> what am I gonna do like you can't do any better than that there's nothing more I can say about it that hasn't already been said and um and actually friend of the pod bolly wrote a fantastic piece about the show it's oh for just, vulture yes she wrote a great piece the yes. innate was like the black britishness of yes yeah it was great it was beautiful beautiful piece we'll link to it in the um in the newsletter i loved um, it but oh god what a show um, what a show oh, and Darren then the, <laughs> she's so good um and then the last show was fleabag uh, in 2019. Oh, those are two perfect shows. So Thank great. You. Okay, taste. Thank you. So I'm not a, I'm not a dumb dumb. I'm just a yeah. snob. Yeah, fine. <laughs> and I mean, not too so's um, Instagram stories. I mean, obvious, excellent. Give her an HBO deal. <laughs> Thank you. Immediately, <laughs> she can tell a story like nobody's business just through TikTok clips. Yes, I think that um, I don't know if you ever watched this show when you were in England. It was um, called Euro Trash, and it was just this kind of like roundup. It was like part. It was hosted by Jean Paul Gaultier and um, no, like, what? Euro Trash is amazing. Oh my no. god! Yes, so you can so, find. Okay, <laughs> so it's this ridiculous hypercamp kind of magazine show, um, oh. which just kind of like finds all these like you know, uh, you know, weird offbeat little like you know, kind of slightly kinky stories about you know around Europe, and um, you can find clips of it on YouTube, and it's just it's ridiculous. Can't Amazing. believe this show existed. And I just remember like sneaking into like you know into the living room at like you know eleven o'clock at night on a Friday night to watch it because I was far too young to be watching it um but I I mean I should totally have a magazine show where it's just her just rounding up the best of the internet like I would watch this in a heartbeat no she absolutely should it would be amazing so there's, that's the you know what it is it's because we spend so much, so much time on the screen I'm writing I'm zooming and whatever I just can't I can't I can't I can't relax in front of the tv at night I just can't do yes, any more screens I'm indeed. fed up so I've been reading a lot although I yeah. did watch a movie the other night that Rodney made me watch called Atlantics Have oh Matty Diop's film yeah yes. I've, yes it was I loved it 
I loved it so much. I mean, so another reason I don't watch that much TV, frankly, it's because like nothing surprises and delights me. It's all been done. You know how the sausage is made. You can watch every scene and be like, yeah, yeah, I know what they're doing. Yes, it does. And I do think it is like, it's very rare to be able to like sit there and really just let a show kind of just like, you know, just let it kind of wrap you up as opposed to just, you know, again, your work brain is always on. Um, I found it was like after like, you know, after kind of like leaving like network comedy rooms, like for a while, like, yeah. I really couldn't yeah. come mm-hmm. home and watch a comedy. I couldn't. It yeah. was just so, yeah, my brain just like, you know, just sitting there looking at a whiteboard as I'm watching. It's <laughs> horrifying. Absolutely. Um, and that's the thing about a movie like um, The Atlantics, which won the Grand Prix at Cannes like in mm-hmm. two years ago. Um which I, I just, it just, and the less you know about it, the better. Just watch it without like reading, you know, what it is. But um, it just surprised me. It delighted, it enriched me. It was a world I hadn't seen before, it was characters I hadn't seen before. And it's just, it's like, let's move the lens, right? Like, yeah. I'm tired of seeing and hearing the same old story without being, you know, reverse racist. I'm tired of hearing the same old story and seeing the same old story and seeing the same old people in the center of the screen. And, um, the performances are beautiful. The filmmaking is beautiful. And the story is riveting, riveting. I could not stop watching it. It was incredible. I think it's on Netflix at the moment. I believe. It's on Netflix right now. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Definitely. And now, it. you know, black female French filmmaker. Yes. Awesome. It was just, let's, let's just watch it and support it. It's great. Indeed. Um, I'm trying to think of everything. I've been, okay. I've been watching a lot of TikTok. I will say, but I would also say, I mean, look, listeners of the pod, you know, I was a TikTok early adopter. Thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have to download TikTok because you bring me the best on a daily basis. I, I thank you. I think Amina, I think, uh, just, and really both of you, you're making I, my day. I, I do what I can. I do what I can. Um, I'm not saying I'm a central worker, but no. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been, you know, it, What's what was so great about it at the uh, you know even like pre-pandemic it was what you know because again the thing that we were talking about is that we've just we're so used to hearing the same voices um, again and again in um, in comedy and in TV and so discovering this entire wealth across the world of this just like of these untapped resources of um, of storytelling um, like people just doing it in their bloody bedrooms and in their bathrooms and just and it's been wonderful also then seeing those you know some of these people then you know now elevated to spaces where they can actually mm-hmm. make a TV show or like mm-hmm. make a film and um and so that's been very very heartening but um it's also just been very oh my god like educational this year I've learned how to do so many things what well you know some positive things in cooking like some of the like probably these fantastic chefs um flaky salt is wonderful he does like a lot of like knife skills so I've been learning Mm. how to like chop an onion properly and um then um oh my gosh then there's this fantastic um uh these guys called men with the pot who basically cook outside oh Lex Munch who's this fantastic British guy it's basically just like roadman cooking but it's just so funny and so great (laughs) but then you know there have also been other corners of tiktok which i've stumbled into so there's um uh, magic mushrooms uh tiktoks which uh teaches you how to grow your own magic mushrooms which i then discovered there's an entire reddit sub community of teaching you how to make magic mushrooms at home Mm. you need a pressure cooker i'm not saying you should do it but (laughs) i have never in my life until this year been like should i get into drugs 
Yes. <laughs> what else is there to do? Is now the time. I'm not going to go do anything dangerous. Exactly. What else? I accidentally stumbled into um, into meth talk. That was a mistake. Oh, no. Yeah, that was bad. But then cartel talk was very fascinating. My gosh. It all started with one video of a boat chase where basically some traffickers were clearly being followed by or chased by the authorities. And then it was just taking on this magical mystery ride. Of... recording all of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, they use it. I, I discovered. I, I discovered it was actually. Um, they use these videos to recruit people into the cartels because they show oh. these videos of like, look how fun it is. Look how much cocaine I have. Look at like, look at this pet tiger I have. Like an industrial <laughs> film, like yes. Tom Morgan. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Cartel TikTok lasted for about two weeks before the authorities were like, <laughs> uh, TikTok, you need to uh, shut this down. This is this is evidence. So can you stop? But it was such an insight into, I mean, A, the scale of cartels Mm -hmm. and seeing the scale and the amount of money and resources comparatively to the police. And um, so I was like, ah, yes, this, Mm. uh, yes, I I see. Mm. So yeah, so that was great. And then (laughs) started watching Marvelous Mrs. Meisel, Mm. which for me has been quite a bomb. Because, yes. yes, it's just, um, it's so, it's so fast paced and yes. it's has such this lovely lyrical quality and the stakes are so, I, you know, unpandemic-y. Yes. It's, you know, the stakes are, is she going to make it as a comedian? Like, you know, are they going to be back together? And I was like, yes, this is the, the exact level <laughs> of stress I can handle. It's very uh, pleasant. And that's what we need. It's what we need right now. It truly is. And it's just so well acted and edited. And yeah. it's just like the costumes are fantastic. And just like it did, you know, it does truly feel like escapism. So that's been joyous. What else have we seen? Obviously, the holiday. I've seen it twice in the last couple of weeks. <sighs> Remains a classic. I was watching, we just finished Industry on HBO, which mm-hmm. was, I thought that. I mean, A, I thought that Lena Dunham did a great job directing the pilot. It was very, hmm. very, um, She's yeah, it was just like it was a very light touch. And it was just, um, yeah, I, I really, I really thought the pilot was wonderful. But mostly it just made me miss both London and drugs. Um, <laughs> it's like all they're doing is like wandering around kind of like miserable grey London and like being, you know, like mm-hmm. shouted at on a trading floor, you know, eating their pret sandwiches and then just like getting really drunk and doing a lot of drugs and having sex with each other and I was just like oh my 20s uh, what a time I mean I mean yeah that's the thing sometimes I'm like I can't wait to get out there and what be 25 again that's yeah. not gonna happen. <laughs> we're alive at most I'll go to an early dinner with some friends yes that's like, oh, in France you. yes <laughs> um and then oh so I started watching the small axe films mm. Which, oh my gosh, so I watched the first one, Mangrove, which was wonderful. Hold up, I really want to see those. Do you, do you stream them on the, like a VPN or they, are they available? No, they're on Amazon now. Oh, so, okay, great. Yes, so they just came to Amazon because we got them later in the UK. So um, the second installment, Lovers Rock, which is basically, you know, everyone has, mm-hmm. you know, told me is essentially the best film of the year so I'm excited to watch that over the break but yes Mangrove was wonderful and um I thought Letitia Wright did an excellent job and uh yeah it was great but I think I've been watching the most at the moment oh my god this season of The Crown the Diana years my god you know how much I enjoy reading 
Twitter about TV shows more than watching TV shows. (laughs) I just love it. It's like a funhouse mirror. I enjoy the discourse. (laughs) And it all sounds amazing. It all sounds incredible. Well, what's been great is that with The Crown this season is that there has been no discourse. Everyone has been unified in the fact that for Prince Charles, it's on site. The hatred. Like, it's just, (laughs) like, all of our black and brown mums, grands, and aunties are just standing there with open arms saying, you see, (laughs) you see what they did to our best friend, Diana? Mm -hmm. And it's astounding. And I just, I mean, not only is it, I think, uh, you know, it's it's, it's been, it's it's a, a tricky season to tackle in that it's just, there's just an embarrassment of story in that you have Thatcher, you have the Falklands, you have the height of the troubles with the IRA, and then you have, you know, the, you know, very well-remembered Charles and Diana kind of courting years and having to kind of pick and choose how to like like intertwine these stories was just, um, I just thought it was so well done. And Emma Corrin, I thought does a great job. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's it's a great. It's so hard, I think, to you know, for a lot of actors to not do an impression of someone who is so right. well known. And she captures her, but it isn't a um, yeah, it isn't an impression, and it's, um, it's not it's mimicking. Yeah. yeah, I've seen her up. She looks really. So it looks amazing. Yeah, um, but the best thing about it is just that um, <laughs> publicly, and well, more officially, back in England, it's caused so much trouble because. I mean, essentially, the royal family for the last 40, you know, 40 years have been, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, forming this enormous PR campaign to make the public forgive Charles for what, you know, the public perceives he did today. And, like, embrace him as the next. Yes. Yeah. And to forgive, like, Camilla and the rest of it. And Mm -hmm. it took one season of The Crown for the entire country to go, absolutely not. We hate him. We just remembered we hate him. He's terrible. We don't want him to be king. And to the point that the culture secretary, uh, secretary was pressured to, like, you know, uh, to, uh, like kind of demand that Netflix um, state that it's a show of, you know, fiction at the beginning fiction. of the show. Right. <laughs> Which oh, God. is so bonkers. And obviously Netflix were like, absolutely not. Why would we do that? We've got no obligation to do that whatsoever. And also we stand by our historians on the show. We stand yeah. by the research. Yeah. But yeah, to do to undo a 40-year campaign for the royal family with one season of television. Just, like, Peter Morgan, so powerful. Incredible. <laughs> Absolutely it's incredible. Yeah. My parents, weirdly, have not seen any of The Crown and then, of course, watched this season because Diana. Yes. Can you please put your mum and I on a text? Yes. <laughs> because I would appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sure they have a lot. To, I actually, I should just call her and have a conversation about it because I know she'll have a lot to say. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. What have you been reading? It's been a good year for books, thank me. Thank God. We started Pandemic with, um, uh, with Big Friendship, which um, mm, yes. oh, was such 
I mean, oh my God. I mean, just such a vital book in terms of really kind of like, you know, um, you know, paying homage and actually really kind of, you know, getting under the hood of, you know, of female friendship and, you know, actually giving it its due in terms of it being a, you know, relationships that are as important as, you know, marriages and, you know, and, you know, and children. And it was also just the perfect book to be reading at the beginning of pandemic when I just felt so far away from so many of my friends Mm -hmm. and it also um it like I think I cried like 15 times whilst reading it yes I did and it was also you know um because it made me feel very grateful for the for the friendships that I have it also you know kind of um you know it might reminded me of some you know kind of you know painful you know like friendship moments with some of my nearest Mm, and dearest mm -hmm. but it also there is a chapter on interracial friendships which became so abundantly helpful for providing like a framework and a language with which to discuss this during like June when we were all having conversations about what it is to be in an interracial friendship and what it does mean to be a black person in a relationship in a you know deep friendship with a white person and the the things that are left unsaid and um and yeah and I had like you know a couple of very like needed um uh, like conversations with friends that this chapter really like provided a framework for and so um which was just amazing and um and thankfully, I mean both of these conversations ended up being incredibly fruitful and helpful and heartening. But it was, um, yeah, I, I just think just such an important book. And just, yeah, I just love those girls. I just love them. Me too. Then let's see, who else? Okay, oh, obviously, Bolly's book, Loving Colour. Yes. Excellent. Just beautifully written, modernised love stories. They've just, I've been you just really savouring them. I didn't want yeah. to read it all in one go. It's just like I just wanted to take each one, digest it and kind of cherish it and then just, you know, and some, oh, God, they're just wonderful. Just, I mean, the, the book comes out in the US. I think you can pre-order it now, actually, and we'll link to it in yeah. the show notes. Um, but you won't regret it. Just buy it and just read it, and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's really, it's just the joy in it is so nice. Yes. Um, having gone out with my own book recently, I yes. did have some very uncomfortable conversations about where the pain was in my books, mm-hmm. which oh. you, you guys can't see my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> The darkness, the pain. I was like, oh, it's in there. But, you know, we laugh, too. We have fun, too. <laughs> like, Can we talk about the fact that, yes, you've sold a book this year? Yes, I sold a book. <laughs> I sold so a book. Exciting. Yes. Yes. I sold, I sold a memoir of all things. It's a memoir and essays. I'm writing it right now. I'm writing it for Knopf. And it will – it's due at Thanksgiving. So hopefully I'll get a chance to visit. It's about moving. It's called 16 Kitchens. It's about moving a lot and looking for a home when mine um, disappeared and um, looking for it in jobs and people and places. And hopefully, hopefully when this is over, I actually get to revisit some of those places because I do have a travel stipend and I mean to use it. Um, but it's been really, really wonderful. I've always dreamed of writing a book and I can't believe I get to do it. I'm so excited. <laughs> too. It's why I don't really, it's like, I'm just, dis- it's like when I say it, I still don't feel, it, it doesn't feel real. 
book, my God. I mean, but it's also, I mean, for me at least, the idea of you writing a book has always felt quite inevitable. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and every time kind of previously I kind of thought about it, I was just like, oh yeah, Pre doesn't have a book. Wait. <laughs> As Pri says in her book, oh, wait. Yeah, wait. <laughs> she just talks like she's written a book. She just sounds like she's written a book. Make it, make it till you make it, I guess. Indeed. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, just the fact that anything has been achieved at all by anyone this year. I mean, just like, I mean, in general, celebrate yourself, but please celebrate yourself 20 times over because my fucking God. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, it's one thing to be, we are like all trapped at home. So like writing, obviously like writing is my escape from like anything else, like the drudgery, you know, like <laughs> it's the only place I can go is like to my laptop. So, um, it's not a surprise and also support, you know, yes. I have, I have, I have the support that I, that I need to, to write, but, but reading and losing ourselves in books is also has, has also been the escape for me. Like what yeah. else can we do right now? You sent me a good book with self care. Oh gosh. Yes. Oh, it's <laughs> Very fun. Really um, fun. By Lee Stein. Mm-hmm. And yes, I mean, it's basically this um, wonderful kind of like send up of, um, of a, I don't know. Of, of a very it's like the wing. It's like yeah. the wing. Yeah. It's kind of. It's partially. It. It's. It wraps up a lot of you know the kind of millennial pink girl boss culture, yeah. and deposits it in this one company, which actually exists online. But it. Yeah, I think of all the companies that it you know draws from the most is probably the wing and a little bit of um. Uh, oh gosh, uh, what's the. Sophia Amoroso's company, the uh, oh yeah, nasty gal. Nasty gal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just such a wonderful book, and I, obviously in this year and the reckoning of the girl boss, mm-hmm. um, and where there has been who has been the only one stand the only one standing has been Emily Vice, um, from Glossier. Oh, Glossier, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The rest have all been you know <laughs> have all been toppled. Which- it's because she. It's because she creates a product. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is just trafficking in ideas, which is yeah. cute. Yeah. And merch, I guess. But like yeah. she has a product to sell. So yes. if you have a product to sell, you can sell that product. She's making yeah. widgets. Yeah. She's not just um, you know, holding people together with like with like cute with vibes. Marketing um, with vibes. Well, I mean, but there actually there have been I just realizing now there have been a couple of companies that do make products which should, you know, whether CEOs were at like Reformation, who, you know, basically mm-hmm. supply most of, you know, um, you know, uh, my age group with every dress that we wear to weddings, mm-hmm. remember those. Every um, wedding dress. <laughs> um Bando as well. Um and um who make all those little, you know, cute day planners and things. Mm-hmm. Um but yes, I think it's also just like the strength of Glossier products as well. It's just like people are not giving up their milk jelly cleanser. No. <laughs> and, um, also, no. she's just very low key. She's, yeah. I, think, I think Emily managed to have an entire marriage and divorce and hid it from everyone. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't remember. The record. I don't remember what she looks like right now. Yeah. You know, like I recognized her name and I was like, right, her. Yes. Like, she's not out in front of it, which. I think it's helpful. Indeed. It's really um, helpful. But self-care is a great fun read. You'll tear through it in a weekend. And um, it's just so well-drawn. And it is um, just, oh, it just, it verbalizes just so much the kind of like the anxiousness that I think that I personally have had like around a lot of these brands and the language that they use and the kind of, yeah. you know, 
the um you know couching everything in kind of you know female community and mm-hmm. not really understand it's like yes okay but what does that mean but yeah it's a very very fun romp I yeah definitely recommend a read we've gotten a lot of that like pressure over at Erios because there's like always whenever you start a company for some reason especially a company in a in a in a quadrant that people are interested in and what interested in quotes right yeah they're like are you good with scale you gotta scale yeah. <laughs> and it's like no we we're artists i'm sad to say <laughs> we're over here just making what we want when we want to mm-hmm. <laughs> um i wish that i could you know like yes there's a version of me out there somewhere who's like selling us to spotify and then uh, you know paying people tons of money i wish i could do that. i wish i could make everyone rich absolutely but right now we're choosing between like total creative freedom Mm -hmm. and um and you know it's just it's it's that is at least something we can offer to people and that's what we have but there is this constant kind of vc talk which i think is gross it's a very male idea of what success is and success for us i think right now especially is just like a little space of our own (laughs) to do what we want oh my god i also (laughs) It's also, I mean, yeah, I mean, the VC world has been a is incredibly male, and it was also, and it's also very disheartening seeing exactly how little money is awarded to uh, female founders. Oh, yeah, um, and um, and so yes, when you are asked these questions about like how will you scale this up, and it's just like um, how will you get me paid? Yeah, like <laughs> what's your plan for that? Absolutely, so, absolutely. Um, and then I think another book that's been very helpful is like, and really funny and really great was, um, uh, that's mental by, uh, Amanda Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh. it's just great. It's just this, this, um, it's this collection of essays about mental illness, which just, I mean, they're both incredibly poignant and just so funny. Yeah. And she's so funny. It's really nice to read about, I mean, nice is not the word maybe, but it was just really touching to me to read Amanda's book because um, so rarely do we talk about mental health in the Asian community because there's such a rigid, rigid um, aversion to even addressing anything that could possibly be wrong in your lives, let alone a serious mental illness, which like a lot of us has de- have dealt with. Like it's not a surprise that a lot of immigrant kids, especially ha- deal with depression and like anger issues and all these things, because we never learned how to process our feelings other than like, you know, uh, white knuckling it through. And, and also generational s- trauma. Like, yeah. She, like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And seeing that in her book and how she, has approached it and just seems to be much happier now is I think really, it's just really going to be helpful to anyone who reads it. Definitely. And I guess, and it was again, very helpful and instructive for me as well this year is, you know, both myself and, you know, everyone around me was kind of, you know, you know, struggling to hold their brains in their skulls and yeah, just a very, very great fun read. And again, just so funny, just really so funny. And what else have you, what else did you read? I've been reading like a crazy, I I know I say this all the time. I do read like a crazy person. It's my only hobby, but I've been reading even more. So first of all, I would like to thank the, the Libby app, which is an app. Okay. So Libby is, I mean, I also buy a lot of books, which we all know it's where my money goes, but Libby is an app. Libby's the library app. Libby's the library app. You put it on your phone and then you plug in your library card number. You all have library cards, right? Or you can get one online Um, and you can borrow any book to your to your Kindle or tablet. And so I've been reading like a crazy person. So while I was, I would usually go out to a used bookstore and try to like source things. I can just like read, 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 read like a crazy person for research, for life, just an endless, endless supply of books. It's like the Los Angeles public library is in, is in my nightstand and it's just 
thrilling to me. Just the like, oh. I remember that feeling of going to the library the first time when I was little and just and just like freaking out because there were so many books and asking my mom, how was I ever going to read them? And she said one at a time. And like, that's how I feel just like that excitement, which is like thrilling. So I'm going to run through some of the books. I've been looking for escape escapist literature. You guys, like I am not into your sad, sad, sad. I loved, I have mm-hmm. to say, I love the writing in Shuggy Bane. Congrats on the booker. It is bleak, bleak. bleak. <laughs> it made me so sad for so long. I'm, you know, it is not for pandemic times, at least for me. Mm-hmm. I will read it, you know, read that kind of book. I'll read later. I will read a little life later. Thank you very much. Right now I want mysteries because they're logical. I yes. want romance. I want adventures. Um, I want to laugh. So here are some recommendations, which we will put in the newsletter. Here are things I've been loving. There's a mystery series called the Perveen Mystery. Mis- Her name's Mystery. Last name's Mystery. Perveen mm-hmm. Mystery Series. Um by a woman named Sujata Massey, which I love. They're period mysteries set in Mumbai, Bombay, um, in the 1920s. And it's a woman who studied in England, an Indian woman studied in England. She's like, studied law and she can't practice law at her father's um, practice because she's a woman, but she helps him out in his cases. And it's just so much fun. It's very raw. It's very, it's just so cool. Okay. About, like a missing. A missing jewel. There's one about like a woman behind Parda who like dies and only a woman can solve the case. It's just so, it's so cool. Um, and it's so, and the, I'm just looking at the covers. Yes. Beautiful. beautiful. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Speaking of a beautiful cover, I just read this book that I freaked out about called Miss Benson's Beetle by a woman named Rachel Joyce, a British author. And it is just like a madcap adventure in 1950. This like spinster, yes, spinster. Love it. <laughs> like realizes that her life is nothing. Um, and she up and like runs off to find this fabled beetle that she read about as a child with her like crazy assistant. And it's just so much fun. I laughed. I cried. It was just, it's about friendship. It's about falling in love with yourself. I just, and the cover is gorgeous and it just made me so happy. I read it in three days. For mothers, I really don't like motherhood books. I find them all really depressing and annoying and like, you can do it. Like, yeah, I know. Like, I'll, yeah, you'll live through it. It's fine. But really for like a, a meditation that I thought was very funny and accurate, I read a book called um, Little Labors by Rivka Galchin, which came out a few years ago, but I just loved it. If you're a new mom during this crazy time, like, please take a look. Um, I thought, well, not, actually, you don't even have new, not a new mom. If your child is one or above, you might be too close to it otherwise. There's a wonderful series, which this might be controversial, you guys, because I might get in trouble for saying this. There's a book, there's a series called, well, the first book is called The Stranger Diaries by a woman named Ellie Griffiths. It's a mystery set in England. Ellie Griffiths is a white woman. The detective inspector in the, in the center of the book is a Punjabi Sikh woman, mm-hmm. which you would think would be a big problem, but it's really well done. It's really, really well done. And I was like, this is how you do it. In her, in her, you know, I went straight to the thanks and I was like, who's helping her with this stuff? Yeah, yeah. Because it is like pitch perfect in so many ways. The family, the parents, you know. Um, and clearly she had like a whole like slew of Indian lady friend readers like go through her and it is so, so good. And there's two books in that series. Um, there's a lovely book called Brown Baby coming out soon by Nikesh Shukla. You might have to order it from England, but it's a beautiful memoir of losing, you know, losing his mother. And it's just very funny. And he's a, incredible writer out, um, in England. Um, mysteries by Anthony Horowitz who writes for Sherlock. 
Phil Hitz scratched that itch, that kind of like Agatha Christie itch. Um, I read a beautiful book by Arthi Shahani, which was very funny. She's she's an NPR reporter and she wrote this memoir called Here We Are, which is kind of a crazy story. It's like by day she was like, she went to, did she go to, she went to Brearley, Brearley. She went to like a super snooty, she was a scholarship kid at this super snooty private school on the Upper East Side of New York, and she lived that kind of gossip girl life. However, her fa- her parents were um, undocumented immigrants who owned an electronics store. And when she was a teenager, her father got arrested. And it's sort of where, like, immigration policy meets, you know, like, everything else that's wrong with our country, while she's sort of trying to keep up her 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 daily her day life and and she made it through you know she went to like great school she did the whole thing she did she did she checked all the boxes she ended up as a tech reporter in NPR and then she wrote this memoir which shocked everybody when it came out because nobody could believe she had lived this life um, and she's like this sixteen year old girl sort of wading her way through the legal system to help her parents out and help them stay in the country it's a crazy crazy oh it's beautiful. Gosh. I really enjoyed, I know people go crazy for Sally Rooney, which, you know, whatever. Um, I loved um, this book called Exciting Times by Nisha. I Nolan. liked it too. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. Yeah. That was super funny. I love this setting. I always love like expats anywhere. I mean, that's super fun. Um, I just really, really enjoyed it. I think she's really, really funny. I love The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel. Um, I loved Interior Chinatown by Charles Yu, which just won the National Book Award. Did you read that? I did not read that. So that to my list. It's so so good, and he's just a delightful writer. He writes for TV. Um, he's a delightful writer, and he's really really good. And then I read this short story where I was like, I got to read more by this girl. Um, there was a short story which I thought was so funny and awesome in the Paris Review summer. Was it the summer issue? Summer, yes, summer this year called "The Juggler's Wife" by a writer named Emily Hunt Keevil, and I just okay. It's it's online. I'll, I'll I'll link to it. And um, I thought I haven't read a short story in a long time that really made me go. I can't. And she has more things coming out. I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, she's right. a really she 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 was a really special writer. So those are my recommendations. Amazing. <laughs> Some of my reading. Oh, absolutely. There was oh damn. There was one book. It just popped into my mind just now. What did I, actually? I'm just trying to see if it actually came out yeah it is called the upper world and Ooh. it was written by um femi Fadupa. what's that oh my god it's bonkers it is both a it is a time travel action story set in current well many times in london mm. um but also in the middle of a postcode war between two um, sets of kind of school age gangs in Mm. England. And so it's written with like, you know, kind of like English, like kid, like, you know, London vernacular and is also this wonderful book on time travel and fate and consequences, but also just like what it feels, what it is to be a teenager in a postcode war, which is, you know, pretty common in a lot of yeah in some parts of London and it's um it comes out later this year Uh and um it's just it's I've just never read anything like it wait what do you mean by postcode war it's essentially like a a territorial kind of um Ah. like uh like fight between um you know uh one part of town another part of town Mm -hmm. you know uh 
sadly at the root of most of the um like uh like under 20 stabbings in oh, the God. UK it just they're just tragically pointless mm-hmm. and as with you know are as are a lot of kind of territorial conflicts but it's also one that really affects children of like you know kind of secondary school age um and especially boys but the book is just the time travel element of it is so well explained and explored and it's just it, it's so grounded and there are like a couple of times where there's this like an equation that's written on a Nando's napkin and <laughs> so they're illustrated within the book and it's Ooh. just yeah it's just it's such a great book I just highly recommend Ooh. so yeah I think it comes out later this uh yeah in early 2021. Oh I can't wait to read it that sounds oh, great yes. now I mean we're eating a lot we're eating what are we eating Camille? I've never eaten so much in my life yeah um, <laughs> nothing else to do there really isn't. And I feel like, you know, it, at the beginning of this, it was very, you know, like, oh, this is going to be cozy. We're going to cook and everyone was doing sourdough and blah, blah, blah. And at the beginning, it was very, um, you know, it was very much like that. And I, um, we were very lucky where, um, where, we, where we are in uh, Los Angeles because we have all these incredible, like, food suppliers. Yeah. And unfortunately, when all the restaurants closed, a lot of these, like, you know, elite food suppliers, um, such as these incredible fishermen and, like, veg people who supply all of these ridiculously high-end restaurants like Republic and like you know and Sugarfish suddenly needed to sell to the public and so for a while we were just getting this and we still are to be honest getting this like just like incredible like sushi grade fish and Kong Tao's veggie box which you can still get oh yeah I think like $30 and it is full of the most every vegetable is perfect I was reading about that like every single vegetable is a supermodel. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, and then I just, oh God, I had these wonderful Chinese long beans earlier this year. And just every single one, it's just, it's, you know, everything is grown and picked with such care. And so it was just like, it felt so lucky to have this like tremendous bounty. And then we were also getting fish from um, uh, uh, Sea Stephanie Fish and Lux Seafood oh, and yeah. another, and Ventura Seafish. And we just have this great system where you just I just leave a cooler on the um, on the porch, no. and then they would come and fill it with you know crabs and oysters and lobsters <laughs> and like mussels and whatever, um, and um, all for like ridiculously reasonable prices. Crazy, and yeah, and so it was also quite an adventure because we we're like, okay, great, like. Saturday night, we're all going to learn how to shuck an oyster. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're going to learn how to, like, break down an entire crab. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was a very good thing oh, to we be should doing. And it, yeah. mention that you've been potting with your neighbors and they're your best friends. And so you yes. do have a great little family there yeah yeah and again we're so lucky because um well we um my best friend ty who also decorated my house lives next door which is the best thing in the world and then our other friend jamie was staying with us she was literally only supposed to stay with us for like a week or so before going off on tour and then shutdown happened yeah so we all we were just like we were all just in this thing together which was actually amazing it was really really good because like we you know it it was nice to have a little gang and to be able to kind of support each other and also just not be bored. That was really, you know, great too. Just like having different people to talk to was amazing and different yeah. people to go on a hike with. And then there's also just, you know, I'm trying to think of other places that are, oh yeah, um, God, doing 
so much takeout because all of our favorite local restaurants are just like, hi, so the government left us behind. Yeah, yeah. So there's this frenzy of just buying gift cards and trying to order takeout and stuff as much as possible. So some of our favorites like Botanica, who, yeah. you know, uh, those cars are fantastic. I love them to death. I very much miss writing at Botanica. Yeah. So much. Then Ronan um, on Melrose, which I think is one of the best pizza places in mm. this town. Elleny Oyster Bar and Cosa Buna. Oh, so good. The that place is so, so good. Much, so much. We had such a fun, you, me and Cara had a very fun we um, did. dinner there with, oh, what a joy. Going out to dinner. It doesn't friends. feel real. Like it Going doesn't. Going out to dinners with friends. <laughs> I just don't. <sighs> It just doesn't, I don't remember. I won't know how to handle it. I might cry. Yeah. <laughs> I might cry a lot if we see each other again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've just, I'm just, I can't do, I mean, it's hard because there's four of us and everyone eats, you know, the children especially eat five meals a day, six meals a day. They yeah. eat two breakfasts, then they have a snack, then they have lunch, yes. then they have another snack, then they have dinner. So, you know, I'm preparing those meals and it's just endless eggs. I did a piece for Grub Street where I counted 36 eggs a week. Was that right? 36 I remember that piece. Yeah. And I was horrified. But then I sat there and I did the math. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> Makes total sense. They're perfect. Yeah. They're perfect food. Um, yeah. So it's just been like, how can I make the most food <laughs> possible in the shortest yeah. amount of time? I myself mostly just eat standing over the sink. That is my new thing. I will make a sandwich with uh, turkey, American cheese. Mm-hmm. Mayo and tomato, and I'll eat that. That is just like whatever day, time of day it is. If I need food, that's what I eat over the sink. It's very sad. And then, like two or three times a week, I'll make like a sheet pan dinner with. Mm-hmm. I will send out a recipe. I've made it a very good recipe. It's like an Indian-ish kind of tandoori marinade, and I slap the chicken down, and I put like a bunch of veggies with like the seasoning and cut up onions, and it's delicious. And it feeds great. us for like three or four meals, which is great. I have been eating a lot of Beyond Burgers just because I realized we were just oh. eating so much meat, and so mm-hmm. like that's a nice protein, um, uh, protein option that isn't tofu I guess and they do actually taste good and f- taste like that the texture feels correct they like, do yeah they do and then if you put you know if in the seasonings and stuff like it it, it, it all it all you know it, it it when you don't eat a lot of red meat and don't really remember it tastes like they're, they're they're actually pretty good um for snacks I've been doing boulder canyon potato chips which are delicious delicious they're widely available always down for a new potato yes they're widely available they're just i don't like i usually like a flavored potato chip but this potato chip does not need a flavor it's just potatoes and oil and salt that's all it is and they're available at any grocery store and i love them oh they're avocado oil or olive oil maybe i have tried makes a big difference because oh Mm -hmm. that's the other thing i'm dealing with a SIBO thing situation in my stomach which maria had producer maria um so she walked me through it and so there's like all kinds of things that i can and can't eat but the potato chips have been very gentle on my tummy and i sang you that chocolate yesterday which is the best chocolate i've ever oh my god life it was like this spanish called la casa and then it's called like a turon naranja it's like a it's got candied pieces of orange inside and it's like the creamiest dark chocolate and i just i will link to it it's friggin' delicious and then i just kind of i love my instant pot i use it for everything especially once it gets cold i just got one because after you know years of saying <laughs> for the instant pots are amazing mm-hmm. i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get one so yeah 
I personally have not used it, but Doug has used it. There's a fear. There's a fear factor at first, which I totally understand. And um, if you didn't grow up with a pressure cooker, I did. Like it can be very scary. Um, But I also just got a couple of Instant Pot cookbooks. One is Instantly Asian, I believe, and the other one's Instantly French. Both are highly highly reviewed by food writers I I follow and like. And so I am very excited to try. Oh, and Indian one as well. Indian one, which I will recommend by Urvashi Pitre. She she she's the one who who created that very viral um, butter chicken. Uh, recipe in Instant Pot. So she's written a whole book and it looks great. So that's another one. So that's what we're eating. Just eating. I don't know. I'm so tired of food. (laughs) I just want someone else to make it for me. It's I know. And it's (sighs) one thing I had been doing is because again just like the homesickness um especially around this time of year is just palpable. I've just been craving so many kind of British foods. And there is a great store if you're in LA called uh, Kitty O'Shea's, which is this like little um, British and Irish import shop. It's over in Eagle Rock and it's run by this lovely American woman who basically just lived in Ireland for like a couple of years and came back and said, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to open this amazing little corner shop and just it's just filled with all of my home comforts. Like lots of like snack things like you know kind of crisps and scent chocolates but she also has like a fridge section as well so got like you know like proper bacon and sausages and um like things like kippers and like smoked mackerel and that kind of thing oh and crumpets um oh and crumpets the bangers you brought me for my birthday which yes camilla (laughs) gave me sausages for my birthday which is the nicest gift ever i've been feeling very weirdly homesick for england also every christmas i get homesick for for england which i don't know how to explain that but it's true they were delicious because the best place at christmas it is. there's nowhere better to be at christmas it is i've been on with my parents about this where we just go don't you just miss england i just miss england at christmas it's like a thing it's a wiring thing um they were delicious they were so rodney had one and he was just like this is one of the best sausages i've ever eaten he's like don't there ever don't ever buy any other sausages this is the best sausage it was so good. It was so, so good. <laughs> what are you listening to? I think like a, it's been very difficult with, um, you know, because I usually listen to like a lot more music when I'm like driving. Yes. And kind of like wandering around. Mm-hmm. And since I've been driving literally nowhere, mm-hmm. I've been listening to very few albums um, and the same ones on repeat. So I really like Phoebe Bridges' album and mm-hmm. Shamir's new album. Shamir, I thought was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Megan's album, Good News, was just... Just excellent. I mean, what a year for Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, Megan the Stallion. Really enjoyed uh, Taylor's first folklore album. Um, ah. The second one, not as much, but you know, I thought the first one was delightful. Mm. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was wonderful. And she's such a good storyteller. And that she's, you know, problematic as a person often, but just no denying her as a songwriter. I'm sorry. She's just great yeah. at her job. Oh, and Chloe and Halley's Ungodly Hour was just awesome just really great just this wonderful like mature sexy r&b album and their voices are great and song constructs are great and i i just think these girls are geniuses and yeah i just i just love those and then the most so i was looking at my spotify most listened to this year oh what is it mortifying thing what is it is um coffee shop ambient noise sure which it's not sure an avant-garde band of any kind <laughs> it's literally just the sound of a coffee shop so that I can listen to feeling like other people are around whilst I'm writing I get it's it amazing. I get it it's hard it's really hard to change yeah. up your rituals and then also be produ- like no one has slowed down on requiring productivity from you so like what do you uh, gotta do 
capitalism has been at full force this year. Yeah. And I don't understand it. It's mm-hmm. just like this, like this demand to like perform peak productivity. And it's just like, um, I'm sorry, we're all having nervous breakdowns. And most of these deadlines are completely manufactured. What are we doing? That's the thing. Are you doing are you, the pilot that I'm writing right now is a network pilot. And I'm just like, nobody needs this, right? Yeah. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Shooting when? Nobody. <laughs> Production where? Nobody. Usually I would be like so tense about writing something over like Christmas break. Yeah. And I was like, oh. I'm not worried. It doesn't seem like anyone else is either. What are they going to yeah. shoot? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a little silver lining. Someone asked me what I was listening to and I said, well, I seek out silence because I get mm. none. Yes. I get no yes. silence. Yes. And so mostly I just like to be quiet. I like to sit quietly in my car. Um, mm. I have uh, some nice noise canceling headphones. I didn't, you know, I'm cheap. So I didn't buy the fancy ones. I bought the Ank- Ankner. Is it Anchor or yeah. Anchor? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anchor. Anchor, yeah. the Anchor Soundcore ones. They're great. Amazing. They're fantastic. They really work. Um, you know, the kids can be around and I, I can't hear them at all, which is, they're very loud. Yeah. How, this must be, so how much are those ones? 60 bucks. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really, really good. And they work as wireless headphones as well for calls and stuff. So I highly recommend that as like a, you know, for everyone working from home it's been really fantastic i will say that um sometimes i forget that music can cheer me up so when i've been really down i will play um the kylie album so much fun. it's really um it makes everyone happy you know because usually i put yes. music on and the kids are like daniel tiger and i'm like oh <laughs> but everyone likes kylie. so that has been a real joy because i could do it around the kitchen everyone likes abba of course those are like the two we can all agree on if you like the kylie album the uh, roy sheen murphy's album oh i've heard this okay year. i'll add it yeah. to, i'll, I'll, I'll yeah. add it to the it's, list it's fun it's fun just yeah love it so and then of course you know podcast home cooking was very good did you listen to home cooking it was Samin, no, I didn't. Samin Nasrat and uh mm-hmm. and Rishikesh Herway who does sound, song exploder oh. they did a podcast together about like yeah like home cooking um and people oh my god was, how does this it's really by? good really really good you'll All love right. it powered by ACAST 